Welcome to my podcast, Musings of a Christian Philosopher, where we talk about deep and often challenging topics of theology and philosophy. I'm your host, Adam Polstra. Let's get started. So today I was listening to a podcast that argued an issue around the golden rule, as Jesus gave it. That is, of course, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, or the shortened version that C.S. Lewis liked, which is do as you would be done by. So the issue around it, to try to understand the argument, comes from the perspective of secular ethics and trying to have a world where good is generally and universally promoted. Now, the problem that the golden rule, or at least the way that Christians have tended throughout history to follow the golden rule, the problem that that creates in the area of secular ethics and promoting an overall good world is the fact that it gives a carte blanche, or or to be more precise, it gives a huge advantage to immoral people. For example, let's say that you are in a fist fight, uh, you know, more of a, um, not a fist fight like spontaneously, but uh, something more uh, in a sort of sport. You're in a fist fight with somebody else, and he, knowing in the back of his mind that he doesn't really care about following the rules, uh, tells you the rules that you should follow, but you being an honorable fellow, you want to follow the rules that are laid down, so you agree to his rules and whatever rules you might put down, and they say that one of his rules is you don't, you know, punch your opponent in the face, and then you begin to do the fight, and he proceeds to immediately punch, maybe immediately, eventually, whatever the case, punch you in the face. Now, the way that most Christians would follow the golden rule in this kind of a case, and maybe not most, but many, especially throughout history, would be to essentially allow this person to continue to break the rules while you continue to try to follow the rules. And sometimes this sort of a thing has done been done to inspiring effect. I've heard of you know, people up on a stage who've been challenged in this area. Um, I believe it was along the scriptures that say, you know, if a man asks for your cloak, uh, asks for your tunic, give him your cloak also, or the other way around. Um, that's also Jesus, of course. And when that occurred, the gentleman on stage proceeded to basically, by the other man's request, who I believe was a Muslim, um, dressed down all the way to his undies and humiliated himself in front of an entire crowd. Now, of course, as a result of that, the crowd that was watching and observing and rather horrified at this uh, considered what the Christian man who have done who have been quite inspiring. And I generally would agree with that assessment. I think that when Christians do that sort of a thing, it is very inspiring. It is very uplifting in its own way to see people, particularly Christians, um, not having the sort of modesty, not having the sort of pride or vanity in that they would, uh, in, in such a situation that they would try to, you know, protect themselves or guard themselves against humiliation, uh, as most people would do. And such instances do show the stark difference in many cases between uh, secular or people of other religions as compared to Christians. 
But getting back to the primary issue of how do we encourage a truly moral society, the issue of the golden rule is very real. And it's not just the golden rule, it's a lot of other scriptures that kind of inspire Christians or encourage Christians to you know, do things like turn the other cheek. And the way that many Christians have interpreted this essentially boils down to be nice to people, be kind to people, be gen uh, sorry, gentle with people, no matter what, no matter what they're doing, no matter what the situation is, because of course that is what we would have them do unto us. Isn't that right? Right? Now, I don't think so. How deep, really, psychologically, can we go with the golden rule and make sense out of it? I think that the idea that we just need to be nice and kind and gentle is, while honorable in its own way, is kind of shallow. And I don't think it's really a proper interpretation of those scriptures. We just have to keep in mind that when Jesus said certain things or when certain scriptures were written, they were written and, written and said in a particular context with the expectation that the listeners, the crowd around, or debaters, whatever the case may be, that they were a people of a particular kind or culture. So when it came to the golden rule and Jesus giving the golden rule, he expected those who were listening to him to already be upholding a particular moral standard. In other words, the sorts of things that they would have wanted others to do unto them would have been of a particular character. So it wouldn't just be this carte blanche, sorry, this blanket sweep sort of idea where it just means for everybody throughout all time, be nice and kind and gentle always. Now, what I mean by this is let's put ourselves back into the situation of the street fight. Now, the other person has begun to cheat. Now, do as you would be done by. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, certainly, one of the things that we don't need to be doing, that is, in fact, quite wrong to do psychologically in this case, is to begin to think as if you are the other person or the other person is you. And that is one of the things that we assume when we interpret do as you would be done by in this way. Because what you have just done is when the other person has cheated and you try to use do as you would be done by, you are assuming almost that the other person, the other party, did not in fact cheat at all. Because of course, you haven't. So, do as you would be done by, have him do, or do unto him as you would have him do unto you. The situation has changed. The other person has already cheated, you have not cheated, but if you had, but you maintain your particular moral outlook, your ideals, your standards, if you had been the cheater, and then you ask the question, do as you would be done by, what then would you want? You would perhaps want, no, in fact, you would want, if you are a person who does as Micah wrote in his book, I think it's 6-8, but I can't remember exactly. He wrote, act justly, love mercy. And I can't remember the last part, but it's uh, honor the Lord, I'm driving, so 
can't exactly look this stuff up. Anyways, but the last part, of course, has to do with honoring the Lord, you know, obeying the God, obeying God. So, anyways, if you are already somebody who desires to act justly and love mercy, but particularly in the area of act justly, how? If you had already cheated, but still had your sense of justice within you, what would you want the other person to do for you? Now, obviously, one of the things that you would want the other person to do for you if you were the cheater is you would want them to do whatever it took, whatever was right in this instance, to pursue justice, to teach you that you had done wrong, to show you that you had done something inappropriate. Now, if the other person has no moral sense, and unfortunately there are some people of this sort, the only real way for you to encourage them or to make the situation right in such an instance would be to essentially walk away. And then if they were to pursue you and try to beat you up more, now self-defense kicks in and you would have to in fact defend yourself and of course the entire rules of the game are thrown out at this point. It's just an all-out survival brawl in fact. Now, hopefully, of course, that sort of thing does not happen. But at very least, you would want to call them out on the fact that they had cheated. You would want to try to discuss these things, reestablish the rules. Maybe you started again. He punched you in the in the head, in the face again. Now the situation is is uh, in a way escalating, or at very least, you have to do something new. So you have to do if you are doing as you would be done by whatever it took to lead the situation towards justice. And again, if this continued to occur and he's not changing his actions, what you may simply need to do is, well, maybe if there's a referee, you bring the referee in. Maybe you just call foul and say the fight's off, whatever the case may be. Anyways, the point, again, is to show that the golden rule doesn't need to conflict with a worldview that brings us towards an overall just world. Now, I understand as a Christian myself that that is not exactly necessarily what a Christian is aiming for. We are aiming to make more converts towards Christianity, for one thing, to basically inspire and bring people to believing the same thing that we do. We're not trying to create a heaven on earth, although, of course, we should, and this is where I think we can uh, parallel here with secular thinkers. Um, we are to pursue better and good in the world to the best of our ability. We just, you know, in my opinion, we need to have no pretensions about actually turning earth into heaven. We shouldn't have some sort of utopian ideal in our minds. But that being said, once again, as I mentioned a moment ago, we are to pursue justice, we are to pursue the good, we are to pursue as much as we can, turning this earth into as much like heaven as we can. I don't think any Christian would seriously argue against that. And I just wanted to put it in that context because I want to point out that while I am taking this from a secular point of view and a secular point of view of ethics and morality, um, the, the kind of Christian, you know, 
tendency in such cases as these to say to just kind of throw out the bathwater, not necessarily the baby, you know, just saying, well, that's not even what a Christian is really interested in anyway. I want to take that out of the equation because we really need to face these sorts of arguments head on. And the secular thinkers have a point. There is this phrase, pathological altruism. Christians are notorious for doing this, at least up to a certain point, where we just allow genuinely wicked, evil, conscience, people without a conscience, apparently, and there are some you know, clinically proven cases of this, to just walk all over, all over us. And we don't, in fact, pursue justice. We favor mercy to such a massive extent that, yes, once again, sometimes we do things that are very inspiring, very uplifting, and change some people's lives. Absolutely. But looking at the overall general perspective of the world, when we do this, when we essentially take on a more pacifistic or ultimate, you know, kindness, gentleness sort of approach, we make the same mistake as any pacifist does, which is that if you allow the wicked people all the freedoms to do whatever they want, and you're never going to do anything against them, you have just set up a situation where the wicked and the evil win always. You have forfeited your rights to do anything against those who are wicked. And if we do interpret the golden rule in this sort of a way, then we are setting up a fairly ultimate, fairly large and, you know, easily remembered, easily spread kind of rule that doesn't even necessarily have to coincide with Jesus or Christianity that inspires people to think that in order to live morally, we have to allow evil people free reign. And especially in, the mo in these modern times, I think a lot of us would have a pretty big chafing resistance to that kind of an idea. So how can we interpret the golden rule? And I don't think while breaking the golden rule at all, I think this keeps the integrity of the golden rule simply at a deeper level. How can we interpret it in such a way that it does in fact inspire us and guide us towards generating a truly just society? Well, once again, if the expectation going in is that you already have a sense of morality and truth and justice within you, then to do unto others as you would have them do unto you when the situation is something like cheating or an, a question of ethics, or maybe somebody has a deep moral trauma or sin issue that they're simply not dealing with and they want to try to sweep under the rug and look like a good person. There's lots of complicated issues that come up where if you were to simply be nice and kind and gentle, you are in fact leaving the other person in an unjust and wicked situation. If on the other hand, you interpret it that if you were the person who was in the immoral situation, still having your sense of morality and justice, what you would want them to do to you would be to fight for morality and justice. 